stay tuned for Captain Tracy Began of the Living Beyond Pain podcast, produced by the Defense Health Agency. Welcome back to the Living Beyond Pain podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be discussing the impact of chronic pain on children who have parents with a chronic pain condition. Joining us today is Dr. Julie Kinn, the brains behind the production of this podcast, so we're really excited to have her on the show. Welcome, Dr. Kinn. It's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me on the show, and I'm especially excited about this topic because I know that I am not the best parent when I'm in pain, so I'm hoping you can help give us some tips. You know, you bring up a really good point. Our kids don't really know how to deal with some of their feelings and emotions, and they really do learn from us. And when we're talking about chronic pain, we really tend to focus on the person experiencing the pain or the pain itself. Mm-hmm. So when we we really look at families and the systems, chronic pain really does have a significant impact on that. Well, it seems especially relevant for our military service members, many of whom have kids. Exactly. And really looking at the wear and tear that military service can have on physically on our bodies. What we ask our military members to do as far as the loads they carry on their back, the length of time they're in a certain position, you know, our pilots, our tankers, our infantrymen and women, we really ask a lot of them physically. And just that grounding and pounding can really wear down on our bodies. And then if there's an acute injury that leads to a chronic pain condition, that can be particularly difficult because the idea in the military is let's just push on and drive through. Hmm. And so we really white knuckle it. And that's true when we're dealing with our families. Well, let me give you an example. Maybe you can tell me how I could have handled this better. So the other day, I was not feeling well, and I was pretty grumpy. And I said to my kids, hey, I'm sorry I've been a grouch. I'm in pain. And my son says, yeah, mom, we know. So it was not a mystery to him. And I was glad we were talking about it, but I wish I'd done something beforehand to prevent it. I just don't really know what. So what advice do you have? That is a great question. And really, we don't have a manual, right, that says, hey, this is how you discuss chronic pain with your kids. So I hear from a number of my patients that they'll socially isolate or they really miss the time that they used to be able to spend with their kids playing or, you know, engaging in activities. So you're exactly right. Learning how to communicate and have those conversations ahead of time when you're not experiencing a flare-up is really important. So oftentimes parents that experience chronic pain can feel a deep sense of guilt that they're not doing enough for their kids or when they're having the good days, they really try to overextend themselves and then they kind of have that crash and burn cycle that we talked about in previous episodes. Can you remind us what the crash and burn cycle is? Absolutely. So on the days where you have good days, you try to do so much that you overextend yourself physically that it leads to actually having longer down periods or extended pain flare-ups and intensity increases for those flare-ups. And that usually leads to several days of not being able to engage in any activity because the pain flare-up is so great. So when you have kids around, that's especially difficult. Right, because you don't exactly plan when you have your pain flare-ups and a parent, you're a parent 24-7. So that's really difficult to manage your pain and also manage the responsibilities and obligations you have as a parent in caring for children. I want to encourage parents to cut yourself some slack. 
just looking at some of the research, yeah, there are some challenges, definitely, that kids that have a parent or caregiver with chronic pain face. But there's also some really great things that can come out of it. Tell us some of the downsides, but also the really great things. That's interesting. Kids can feel like they're the parents or that they have to take on more responsibility. So they grow up a little faster. They might be expected to do more chores in the home. They might feel like they have to do more caregiving for younger children in the home and feel a sense of responsibility to care for not only the physical needs, but the emotional needs of their parent or caregiver. I understand that's difficult, but it also sounds like it teaches them how to be responsible, too. You're exactly right. So what we found in looking at kids and with parents with chronic pain is that they do learn responsibility and independence at a younger age. They also learn compassion, and they learn more about their health and their body, and also learn some helpful coping. As their parents are learning to cope, they're able to gain and glean those coping skills as well that will really help them long-term to navigate the challenges of life. I like that because at some point, they are going to experience pain, right? It's more than just learning about their caregivers' chronic pain. We all, as humans, experience pain, and they're going to learn coping skills to help them throughout life. It really is. And in today's society, it seems like it's even more challenging, um, just given all the pressure that's put on by social media and some of the bullying that kids face. If those kids can really learn those lessons earlier in life, that really does pay out later on. So, of course, there are challenges to growing up in a household where a caregiver has chronic pain, but there's also some really nice opportunities for growth and strength building for these military kids. That's right. And as parents, we really tend to want to shield our kids from experiencing challenges or difficulties or, or hardship in life. But the reality is life is hard and there are going to be challenges that they face. So I really want to encourage parents that the way you communicate that to your kids is going to be really the most important aspect, right? So like you said, if you're grumpy and we lash out when we're in pain, that's not going to be as effective as if we can have a calm conversation and say, you know, sometimes I get really grumpy when I'm in pain and I, I feel really uncomfortable and I don't mean to lash out at you, but sometimes I might. Can, can you tell me when I do those things? Because I don't want to do those things, right? Because no parent intentionally wakes up and say, hmm, how can I really be a mean jerk <laughs> to my kid, right? But that's a conversation that's going to happen between flare-ups, right? Yeah. And, and just being honest and real. And as parents, sometimes we feel like we have to have all the answers. And just to say, you know, I'm still trying to figure this out and I'm trying to figure out a good schedule. But the fact is, there's not really a schedule and I don't know when these pain flare-ups are going to happen. And sometimes that might mean that I miss your choir concert or your band concert or your soccer game. And it's not because I've, it's not important to me. It's just because I really can't do that at that time. But when I can, I want to be there for you. So what can we do to help kids, especially during our chronic pain flare-ups? What are some resources you can tell us about? We have some great tools that our listeners can use. And one of them is a great app that's called Breathe, Think, Do by Sesame Street. Yeah, the Breathe, Think, Do app is fantastic. It was developed by Sesame Street for military families with support from the Defense Health Agency and some of our subject matter experts over here. And it's phenomenal because the kids learn diaphragmatic breathing that 
deep belly breathing. They learn to stop, think about the situation, and then act by helping a monster with his problems. So the monster has trouble tying his shoes and gets frustrated or doesn't want to wait in line for the slide. So the kids help the monster breathe in and out very slowly, think about the situation, and then act. And what's neat about this app is that the kids practice the skill themselves, but they can also teach mom and dad or grandma or grandpa, and I'm using teach in air quotes there, but they get to feel like the expert and teach you how to do diaphragmatic breathing. And then this is a skill they can have with them their whole life for when they have stress. That's great. There's also some great apps for older kids, so our teenagers and preteens. We have the Mood Tracker. You can do a daily check-in and say, hey, this is how I was feeling today. How did your day go? You know, what kind of moods were you experiencing or feelings were you experiencing? We have the Mindfulness Coach. Yeah, the Mindfulness Coach app is terrific. It's put out by the VA's National Center for PTSD. It's free mobile app, just like all of these, nice and secure. It has all sorts of different kinds of meditations and relaxation exercises, kind of similar to the Military Meditation Coach. That's a podcast that also has a whole variety of mindfulness and relaxation exercises on it. Both of those might be good for our listeners. They're totally appropriate for adolescents or adults. What do you think about the Virtual Hope Box mobile app? That is a great resource for adults, teens, and tweens alike. I don't know about you, but some of the 10-year-olds that I've been around, they know more about mobile phones and apps than I do, and they really (laughs) teach me a lot. This is a great app that can really be customizable for the user, and it has a variety of coping tools to include games, pictures, positive words, positive messages that can be really tailored to what's important and what really matters to the individual user. And that is a great app for the whole family to use. I love the Virtual Hope Box mobile app, too. That's probably the one my family uses the most often. Some of us use it to help us get to sleep, which, of course, is a common problem for those with chronic pain. I also wanted to highlight the opportunity that parents can have to help kids engage in managing chronic pain and utilizing some of the tools that we've shared on previous episodes. For example, pacing. It's a great opportunity to say, hey, I want to do this activity for five minutes. So we're going to walk for five minutes and then I need to take a break. Can you be the timer for me? And giving that child the opportunity to be the timer can really help them feel like they're helping and and a part of. And really that interaction is what they're looking for. Again, because when we're in pain or we're experiencing pain, we tend to isolate and want to do things on our own or manage it on our own. And kids are really just saying, I want to spend time with you. I want to be with you. Right. And so that's a really great opportunity to to teach our kids to be a part of the process. I really like that. I like that it gives them something to do during the flare-up to focus their energy other than just worrying about my mom, my dad, my grandpa's suffering. Absolutely. We're going to have our bad days. We're going to mess up. And one of the key things that we can do with our kids is to go and apologize to them when we do have those mess ups and those bad days. Okay, you got to say more about that because that is hard to do. It is, right? Because of the parents, we want to be the experts, we're the authority. But it teaches them some really important lessons like we're human too and we're trying to figure this out. And it also models for them, hey, everybody messes up. 
but it's how you react and how you come back from that. So again, teaching those resiliency skills, teaching those compassion skills, and really taking responsibility for our actions and not saying, well, it's not my fault, I'm in pain, so you should just know that I'm going to have bad days and just (laughs) accept that. Looking back at the studies, communication is really difficult for kids because they want to protect their parents, right? So if we can initiate those conversations like, wow, I've really messed up and I'm sorry, I I snapped at you, right? So being specific about the behavior and then apologizing and saying, I'm really going to try to do it differently next time. These are the cues I know. So what's something I can talk to you about when I start getting a flare up? Or what are some cues that I can give you to, to know, hey, this isn't a good time to talk about it right now because I don't want to snap at you. And I don't want to say something right. out of pain. So let's come back and talk about it later. You know, a lot of what you're saying can also apply to when we're feeling depressed or anxious. It doesn't just apply to chronic pain. That's exactly right. And, you know, anxiety, depression, and chronic pain really kind of tend to go hand in hand, too. But again, not necessarily. Sometimes you're just feeling anxious or depressed and you might not be feeling pain at that moment. Again, it goes back to those tools that we talked about in previous episodes from just being aware. Where am I at at the moment? And monitoring those pain levels. So using the pacing again, where's my pain level? Am I at a five or did I get up to a seven and do I need to take a break? Do I need to to just take a rest? just being aware and even telling your kids like, hey, this is where I'm okay operating when my pain's at a five. But when I get to a seven, I'll let you know, hey, I'm at a seven. I need to take a break. So I'm going to go rest someplace quiet and then I'll come back in about 10, 15 minutes. And again, that's going to vary depending on what each person experiences for their rest and their pacing. But just communicating that can really make a big difference for kids. Okay, so what about different aged kids? Because I'm guessing you're not going to use the same tips and tricks for our elementary school kids and our high schoolers. That's a really good point. Being developmentally appropriate is key, right? I'm not going to go and describe invasive medical procedures and use a lot of medical terminology to my five-year-old, right? And that's where utilizing the Breathe, Think, Do Sesame Street app would be appropriate and say, hey, mom, just is feeling, you know, pretty bad today. And I'm, I've, I've hurt. I'm feeling pain today. And five-year-olds know, oh, okay, I get owies sometimes too. Just explaining that in terms that they can understand versus a teenager, you can be a little more in depth and a little more descriptive about, hey, this is what's going on for me. These are the limitations that I have. And it'd be really helpful if you could help me in these areas around the house or with these duties because of my pain condition. Frankly, those seem like some of the same messages we could say to our spouses and partners. They really can. And even friends, because sometimes well-meaning family members and friends, they want to help, but they treat the individual that has the chronic pain condition either like a little kid or like they're fragile and they're going to break at any moment. And that can be really frustrating to the person experiencing chronic pain because they do have good days some days. Right. Or they'll say, tell me what you need. Tell me what I can do. And they just don't know how to get started. They're not trying to be difficult. They want to help. They just don't know how. Or even on the good days, You know, you might be feeling good and then your spouse or your partner or a friend that you're with says, oh, are you okay? Don't overdo it. And you're like, I wasn't even thinking about my pain, but now I am. Thanks a lot. (laughs) And again, the key is not having those conversations when you're having a pain flare up, because when we're having that experiencing that pain, 
we're not thinking clearly. Our body is overwhelmed with that pain sensation. So our thoughts and our emotions are not at a place that we can communicate effectively. Thanks for letting me be a part of this conversation. I feel much better prepared for future events, which I hope there's not too many of them. But I think this conversation will be helpful to a lot of people. Is there anything else that we should mention before we go today? Well, I really want to encourage our listeners. Again, communication is key. Being developmentally appropriate with your children is going to be really important in discussing the limitations and also the ways that they can help in managing chronic pain and just the different dynamic that's going to be in their family. And I really want to encourage our listeners to check out those valuable resources that we talked about, the Breathe, Think, Do app. There's a link there in our show notes. Also, the Breathe to Relax app, the Mindfulness Coach. And we'll have a couple other resources that our listeners can check out. And we'd love to hear your feedback. So again, thank you so much for listening to the Living Beyond Pain podcast on this session as we discuss how family members can be impacted in a positive way, but also discussing some of the challenges that our family members face and practical ways that we can help them on our journey as we manage our chronic pain. So until the next time, be well, and we look forward to hearing your comments and feedback. Take care. The Living Beyond Pain podcast is produced by the Defense Health Agency. Thank you.